how did you get into discussing that area, particularly fascia, as, as, a, as a subject? Um, so we were invited by the host. So we are one of the education providers for the host. So the host is Move Lab Institute, and they do education for the Czech Republic. And on their books, they've got the Gray Institute, they've got Dr. Robert Schleip himself, uh, they've got uh, EBFA, which is Dr. Emily Splickle's Barefoot uh, Education. They've got Institute of Motion, which is Michelle Dalcor's company. The guy that did Viper. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they've got some big movement um, providers and experts that kind of drive their education for them. Uh, and we were asked back in April to to represent Gray Institute, or I was. And, of course, I'd say yes. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. That's wicked. So you, you first got into... Um, Grey Institute, you as a student, right? You were yeah. doing that. How long ago was that? 2012. So I went over, well, actually before that, I went to America for a holiday, tied it in with some education. So I did a two-day chain reaction course in oh, San really? Diego. Uh, and then because of that two days, I wanted to sign up to their big mentorship, which was the year after, which is 10 months. And that was 2012. I remember you doing that. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a big, big investment, big course. But you know, without that, I wouldn't have done half of what I've done today. So, you know, it's the return on investment has definitely been there for me personally, and it's been a, a huge learning experience as well. So, thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. So, when you're presenting these bits and pieces, you're on stage on your own. How, how is it? Is it all movement based? So you're doing a lot of exercise, or how how is it structured? Um, 99% of the time I'm on my own delivering stuff so everywhere I've been so far especially overseas has all been myself Uh, last year I was lucky enough to teach with Gary Gray himself so we did a a chain reaction seminar in London so I was co-presenting with him which was phenomenal Um, but yeah 99% of the time I'm on my own delivering stuff and we do two courses by and large, I mean, last week was a was like a bespoke course around fascia based on what we do at the Gray Institute. But usually we do two courses. One's a, a one-day 3D maps course, which is basically a movement analysis of all of the three planes of movement. So if you take whole body movements and break them down into the six angulations in all three planes, uh, it's just uh, assessing those movements and restoring lost motion if it's there so that's that one day and the two-day course looks at global movements like squatting pushing pulling rotation movements and then it goes into a breakdown of like a segment by segment approach that kind of strips the body down and then builds it back up but still taking into account all the the principles of human movement you know you've got to you've got to train the body upright if you're an upright creature because it has different information to proprioceptors and joint receptors so you have to be consistent with that and yeah it's, it's good stuff it's good it's stuff that personal trainers need more of in their life i think yeah i think we we kind of go into that a lot on courses that we that we do together and it's understanding that you're probably not going to walk into what you imagine you're going to walk into mm. then people look at a graduating as a pt and immediately working with football teams or with yeah. you know whatever or you're gonna get 10 bodybuilders turn up on your door on Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's the you ever trained, ever have, trained well, a bodybuilder? No, never. <laughs> never. Never. Absolutely never. It's interesting, isn't it? But yeah. it's, I think it's understanding that and we give across you know, a nice overview of the industry without, I mean, you get to geek out seriously on these weekends, I'm sure, but like understanding a little bit more about movement and about mm-hmm. restriction and about 
typical people, normal clients. Yeah. And it is so common that people come in with a you know a slight hunch or restriction in the chest and their hips don't really work that well and don't move well, certainly. So it's like yeah. it's it's really understanding, I think, those areas and, and most of the time people don't get it. Yeah. They don't get it at all. So it's nice for us to to get into that. Um, what else are you doing? You're doing power play stuff as well. Uh, so yeah, I teach for power play. Uh, I teach for sort of three or four education providers. Uh, obviously, one is Number One Fitness, who's yeah. an EduFit company as well. And then I still try and be active and relevant in the industry, and I work with five, four or five clients a week still actively as well. So, But 95% is teaching, and the other 5% is is one-on-one stuff with clients. Do you ever think it would go that, that way, that skewed? When you first got into it? Uh, no. Do you know what? I never expected to be in the teaching sector at all. I'm quite a shy person by nature, naturally, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I and I went through six years of full-time gym instruction, personal training and, and classes, and I did that forever and a day. Mm. And then it was around the time you and I had our first teaching job together. Yeah. And it was Dave Parker, the education manager at the time, asked if I wanted to get involved in teaching. Uh, and I, I flatly refused four or five times, <laughs> agreed to go to the interview date, uh, couldn't go because I was working uh, a double shift at, at Cannons at the time, yeah. which is now Nuffield. Uh, and Dave actually turned up to my place of work at the end of the day and said, right, okay, I know you can't make the interview, but I'm here now and I'll give you an interview now if you want it. And I said, <laughs> okay, fine. He said, there's only one question. He said, do you want the job? <laughs> do you want the job? <laughs> And I was like, okay, yeah, I don't think I can do it, but... If only all interviews are so easy. Yeah, it was. It was just, it was really easy in that sense. And, you know, I I still then even didn't think I would would last five minutes teaching. I looked at him teaching. I was like, wow, there's no way I can do that. Um, But, yeah, he's one of those guys that I hold in high regard because, you know, he did a lot for me in my early days and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, 100% the same. I completely agree. My journey sounds real similar. Because I was doing what you were doing at David Lloyd, the same, exactly the same thing where you were at Cannons, and um, knew of Dave, mm. and I didn't know what he did. I had no idea what he really did. So I knew he taught classes, and he's, I knew he sat on his laptop in the bar area of the club <laughs> writing something yeah. constantly. And um, he, he approached me and just sort of said, what, what are you doing on such and such a date? Can you come and have a chat with us? And it was for the same thing, for the, for the job at the Swindon Academy at the time, Swindon or Fitness Academy at the time. That's right. Um, so I went in and did that. And, and I'm not, I've, I've said this a million times to, to students, I hated it. When I first started, I, I was working with um, people that didn't really want to be there. They, they didn't really engage with the course or with me. They weren't interested. But you, every now and then you get like a gem that you kind of go, oh, okay, that's why I'm doing this. I, I, I like it. And for me, it was to fill up some extra hours between PT clients. That's kind of how I got the start. And then having the meetings and standardizations, early days with, with you, obviously got to know you really well. And it was, um, it was just that same thing. And, and again, say exact, I've never met anybody that has a bad word to say about Dave. No. Ever. No. And it's, no. you know, people around wherever I go and I kind of go, oh, you know, Dave, yeah, you know Dave Parker. Everybody knows Dave Parker. Yeah, he's the nice guy and he's the, he's the <laughs> yeah. smart guy. Yeah, that's it. And he can put it across really well. But I did the same thing. The boss there said to me, go and shadow Dave. 
it's the worst thing you can probably do <laughs> to someone who's brand new to tutoring. Yeah. So I went in and sort of sat in the back and was sort of completely overwhelmed. Blows your mind, yeah. Like, Thinking no of like, I've got to do that. Like, yeah. how am I going to do that? So um, it's it's fascinating, but. Even now, I'll still if I if I see him, obviously I've got a spare twenty five minutes because it's never ever like, <laughs> <Some sort of laughs> conversation. I'll, he'll always ask, "How's the business? How's this? How's how's T two?" And you know, he's obviously helped us out a bunch over the time we've been open. So, yeah. So he came on with us seven years ago, as soon as we started. Yeah. I have never looked back. So it's been it's been um very interesting seven years isn't it a lot of change in this and yeah. the constants are always been like I'm teaching and you're teaching and mm. and it's always for me the feedback that we get off of your courses is just it's the same thing the same thing that we said about Dave yeah all that time ago is exactly the same like it's very passionate very clear very relaxed puts it across really well so it's always good to get to get plenty of dates in a diary for you yeah that's good but, but like you say you well you work with Dave and you work under Dave and you see what he does it kind of inspires you to be as good as that or mm. try to be as good as that yeah and then you know you and I get on so well because we've had the the jobs at previous companies that just churn out just students it's almost like a conveyor belt and there's no real caring for the student in the process yeah and it used to frustrate me. It was like, you know, we're spending time with these people. We're taking money off them. Yeah. Uh, but we're not really giving them the skill set they need to go and succeed in the industry. Whereas, you know, when you started T2 years ago, that was your that was your, that was was your your ethos. Yeah. And, you know, that, that brought me in straight away. So yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's still what's, what it's built on. I, I remember saying to people when we first got our approval... It was it was why you want to start on your own, and it was a case of we can't, there's no aftercare where mm. I was where I've been working in the past, and I don't have the time or the capacity to give them aftercare. I'm not obviously compensated for it. It's difficult to find the time when I've got these new students. It was six weeks, six weeks, six weeks, six weeks. Mm. So the whole point was you get an exceptional service for a, a price that's a fraction of what you might pay on a national provider that has way bigger overheads. Yeah. And hopefully, because it's a, a smaller company with that sort of value, we get better tutoring. Mm. So I'm looking around going, you know, I need to get the people that I know, trust, and, and, I, and I rate. Mm. And um, so, yeah, that that whole thing is kind of honed over the, the time. And yeah. So for students that are listening, your courses are... Obviously, the level two gym, level three yeah. PT. It's pretty much everything bar sports massage. It's the yeah. only one that I don't do. Do you know what? I'm qualified in it. And I was talking to one of the students earlier about this, actually. And it's a brilliant course. And I went through the 12-week diploma back in the day. Yeah. Six weeks fitness, six weeks sports massage. I went into it purely for the fitness side of things. But actually, by the end of the course, wanted to do the massage side of things. But on qualification, all the jobs that were around Swindon were, you know, gym and fitness based. Yeah. So it was kind of back to fitness. By the time you get into that and sort of six months down the line, you feel confident with the fitness side of things, but now you feel rusty with the massage side yeah. of things. So it's it's been non existent really for me, massage for sixteen years. But it was a it was a brilliant qualification and I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a good one. It's one that we I think of all of the kind of big courses I'll call them on on our books we've got the gym and PT which is is everybody if you're going to come in and have a real career needs yeah and then the, yeah and then the you know whatever route you want strength and conditioning or the more movement based specialists like exercise referral and back pain mm. understanding clients movement better but the massage is another one that is is really is usually really popular 
And I think a lot of it is based on the fact that that kind of you don't ever lose any clients. So if they're right. if they are a bit banged up, then you can obviously help them in a session anyway. Yeah. So you don't have to be training. It's the case that we'll come and we'll do a half an hour massage and then we'll get you moving for a half hour. You'll feel better for it. So yeah. it's always a very popular one. I, I, I'm not surprised. I think if you, if you are skilled at both and you use both to your advantage. I think you're every client's dream. So I think if you can be qualified at both, I strongly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so your fa- one of your favourite courses you teach with us is back pain. Oh, yeah. I'd say that's my – I'd say selfishly that's my number one. Um, How so? Why? Just because it's something I've always had ever since I was probably mid-20s. Um, probably driving quite a lot has – uh, causative factor on that and so that probably sparked a, an initial sort of selfish interest in in the area and then get, being exposed to the Gray Institute years ago their outlook on it was a very different outlook you know if you go to a, a typical physiotherapist and complain of low back pain they'll lay on a table and do some ultrasound on your low back whereas their ethos is you know wherever you've got pain that's the symptom, the cause is somewhere else, you've got to go and find it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like becoming a detective of the body and saying, right, based upon moving well and not moving well, what doesn't move so well, if we can get that moving well, that weak link becomes a strong link and takes less pressure off your low back. Your low back is like the best friend of your body. If somewhere else in the body lets it down, the low back picks up the slack and has to move more. And nine times out of ten, that's why it gets injured. So that kind of spawned my my interest in the subject. And ever since, it just caused me to go on and learn, you know, all the types of mobility issues that exist and what you can do about it. And, you know, because of that, you know, we run the best two-day low back pain course there is in the country by a mile because, you know, there's, there's the foundation stuff that's the syllabus. But, you know, the extra additions the guys get is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah, so if you were to say, right, sum, summarizing low back mm. pain cause, just call it whether it's driving or whatever, what would you say are the top two or three things that would cause someone to have a low back problem? Uh, prolonged sitting yeah. would be one, driving two, and then lack of three-dimensional variable movement in key areas of the body, like foot and ankle, hips, and thoracic spine. So okay. that would be the, 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 the main three things if I was going to put three down. Okay, so with a, if you've got a client, I know you're quite active with clients in this sort of area as well. So yeah. you've got a client, comes in, suffering with lower back pain. Typically, you'll start from right at the fingertips and the toes and work your way back towards the lower back, so the furthest extremities and figure that out. Yeah, I'll basically kind of take a ground-up approach. So I'll look at the foot and ankle, how it's moving. I'll look at the hips and how they move. And I'll look at the thoracic spine and how it moves. And you'll be surprised, even the fittest of people have a restriction in one, two, or all three of those areas. And, and that, know, I suppose, could be could be even if you are super fit, like yeah, if you're a triathlete be, or whatever. Uh, it could come as anything. Footwear, <coughs> um, you know, repetitive-type movements and sports. You know, so many contributing factors, it's unreal. Yeah. Or you've got to look, if you think you can name a sport that's got a special shoe. Mm. Every support. Yeah. Right. I play basketball, a special shoe. Yeah. You're going to play tennis as a certain shoe. Yeah. If you're a footballer, they're super restrictive in their footwear. Mm. Like very thin, need to have that control. Steam, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So starting there, working out. And it's, it, it would be a case of that that foot, especially, would get super weak 
I would imagine. Yeah, well, yeah, lack of mobility and stability. So the lack of motion and the lack of strength in that motion. And uh, you know, a lot of a lot of mobility uh, deficits in in the fitness industry. If, if you've got a lack of movement, people think, okay, let's create some flexibility. Let's move that area. But then all you've done is you've restored the flexibility, but you haven't taught the nervous system how to control it. So there's a strength element that has to be put into into play with all those movement restorations as well. So it's, you know, get the greatest, you call it most stability, mobile stability. Yeah. It's a combination of the two things. That makes sense. Like you open up range of motion or you open up access mobility in a joint, you then have to teach the brain how to access that mobility to be able to use it in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it'll always guard against it until you can prove to your brain that you're strong enough to control that new range. So it's it's a combination of mobility, stability, or mobile strength, you might yeah. say. And we typically train for strength in a very single plane, linear yeah. fashion. So it's, it's, it's probably not doing us any favors. No. And the second a weight goes up, the, the range of motion typically comes down. Yeah, well, it so has to because mm. obviously you lift a heavy weight, you need a, a stable, linear base to work that weight up. But then as your weight goes down or as your load goes down, then your movement freedom goes up. So there's an inverse relationship between load and movement, which, you know, uh, if you're strength training with heavy weight, then you have to lift linear. That's the way it is. And yeah. there's multiple benefits to be had by that. But what we probably don't do enough of in the industry is the exploring all the different dimensions the body can go through. Mm-hmm. I think if you have both of those aspects, the strength training and the movement training, you know, that's... That's, a, that's, a, that's an athlete that's resilient as well. Mm-hmm. So. so you would say if you were doing longer-term programming with a client, would you focus all of your sessions on an aspect of movement, a 3D, 3D function, followed by some strength work, or would you be focusing more on a period of time, like a periodized program? It would be, it would be both in a periodized program. So okay. there would be like movement aspects of training in their week and strength aspects of training in their week. Mm-hmm. So it would be like um, almost like a... a you might call it like a loaded linear day and then an unloaded or loaded movement training day. Okay. So it's almost like you train both aspects within the week because obviously you know well is there's there's certain benefits the body has in that loaded linear style training but yeah. there's obviously other benefits in that style of training. So you have both and try and match both physiological benefits. You know, that that's a more resilient, better athlete you're, you're training in the process. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, obviously with T2 Elite, we have a few athletes and they won't mind me saying that that typically athletes will create way more compensations, I would say, than a a typical human. Well, I was was at a a conference not not that long ago. It was January this year. It was Dr. Andrew Ospina, really uh, super smart guy. And he was saying the better you are at sport the less effective you are at human, which just resonated with me. It was like, brilliant. So that's yeah. just a good way of summing it up. That's fair. So that's it's almost fair. like the better the athlete is, the more restrictions and movement problems they're going to have. So yeah, it's become too specific, yeah. and you're very, very good at that yeah. specific thing, but not anything else. Yeah, that's interesting. So that, was, that, was, that was good. That. So with um, with that sort of with, with that sort of thing in mind, if you were then sort of if you were to write like a like a blog piece and just say write the five best things you can do for your for your low back and like we've said that areas of, of sort of driving long distances and sitting all day 
not just let's quit our job and stop driving anywhere, mm. but like what would, what ideally would you be focused on as, as an absolute minimum must for people to look after their low back? Uh, I would take, you know, typical everyday movements that are fundamental to life, like squatting and stepping and lunging and reaching and rotation movements, like all the, the old pull check mm-hmm. style fundamental movements. going to bring Paul up. Take them into a program and just three-dimensionalize them. Okay. And that would kind of almost form the basis of a, a rehab, prehab, early stage performance style training, and that would, that would be a really good place to to start. So you, you mentioned Paul Check. So that's kind of, I guess, our era when we first came in. It was all. He's probably the first guru, wasn't he? Yeah. We were in the industry. It was like he was the the god that everyone looked up to. Mm-hmm. And it was all realistically, it was like looking after posture first and mm-hmm. compensations and deficits of movement first before you added any strength to it. Yeah. And then people started going, okay, well, maybe I can fast track this a little bit by saying I don't necessarily need to spend the first six or eight weeks just doing floor-based cobras and glute bridges to make sure my posture is correct. I can start focusing on more stuff, and that's where we are now. Yeah. And Michel Dalcourt would have brought a lot of that as well, added to that. Yeah, that was the basis of his Viper training, wasn't it? It was, um, you know, back in the day before the Viper thing come around was – you know, there was the strength training guys on this side of the fence. Yeah. There was the movement training guys on this side of the fence, and they were throwing grenades at one another. Yeah. And they were dissing one another like it was, you know, they're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> and he was like, well, no, guys, what you're doing is beneficial to the body. What you're doing is beneficial to the body. Why have just one and not the other when you can have both and blend both together? Yeah. And it was just like, you know, why not? It's perfect. It makes absolute sense in my mind. Yeah, yeah. There's a, actually reminds me. There was a, I was in Italy last week for Technogym, so I was doing some of the group cycle work or whatever, and I was with a colleague of both of ours, David David Howardson. Yeah. So again, mad you Scottish last day. mad Scottish, day, hilarious guy, <laughs> the quickest wit going, and he he said to me, he said, um, you could tell a lot about how a person trains and what they do by what they're wearing on their feet. And he said, so you're looking around the room, and there's guys with. Um, he said to me, there's a load of Metcons. Nike Metcons and pulled up socks. It's like guarantee they do CrossFit. This is his ascension. And he said, and I'm looking around saying there's three or four people in here wearing Vivo barefoots. We move our ankles. Yeah. That was his, that was what he summarized from it all. That's a good summary. <laughs> I thought we give Dave many praise, but yeah, good summary. <laughs> well, he said to me to make sure that I ask you, you know, what's the situation with fascia and the fact that it's not really a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said to me. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> so he's... Um, He's another one, though, I think that if you look at, like, the the education area, he's very, very switched on, really yeah. knows his stuff, puts it across in a really good way, and yet... And he's another likeable guy, but yeah. you know, he can't help but like the guy because he's funny and just down to earth. Yeah. Like Dave Parker from before. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think we're lucky in that we work with a lot of really good people like that. It's good. So who, who else on your is on your list of, like, top educators? Um, probably worldwide, I'd say my... Top three would be Gary Gray, obviously, Michelle Dalcourt, and Dr. Andrea Spina. I think those three guys are probably, in my eyes, the the top of what areas I'm interested in. So if people want to look up what they do, where can they get information on those guys? So Gary Gray's Gray Institute. So he's based out of a little place called Adrian, Michigan, in the sort of Detroit area of the United States. So he's a physiotherapist and personal trainer, so he's very movement and movement restoration based uh there's michelle dalcor who's the creator of viper he's based over in san diego 
he looks at things from a very holistic perspective. So he looks at, you know, he's invented this this programming called 4Q, 4Quadrant Program. So he looks at, you know, uh, linear versus um, variable movements and then loaded and unloaded versions of them. So basically like four different quadrants of training. So using those within the same week and periodizing those four approaches to training so you get an all-round benefit. So he's a really good guy. Uh, Institute of Motion, his company. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy, Dr. Andrew Spina, very outspoken, very controversial in his delivery and his methods, um, but super smart guy. He's Canadian, uh, based in Ontario, Canada, and he runs a company called Functional Anatomy Seminars. So he does the FRC functional range conditioning courses, which are pretty popular in the fitness industry at the minute. Right, cool. So you're looking, I thought you were 16 years in fitness? Uh, yeah, 2002. There you go. Yeah. So 16 years. You didn't know if you were going to go into this area, but you have. I was the same way. Mm. What's next for you? What do you... Uh, well, since, what, 18 months ago with the traveling side of things, that was very new to me. It started kicking uh, off big time about that time ago. Yeah. And ever since then, it's just kind of <laughs> lit the fire to want to go to as many places around the world, get paid, teach some great people, and get some good memories while I'm in the process. So, you know, just to try and go to as many countries as I can in the next few years and, yeah. and hopefully inspire some new and upcoming trainers and, and you know, like-minded people. So it's, I think it's always nice. Like, I love the travel side. Mm, I do. It's, it's great. I know a lot of people that complain about it, and I'm like, you've just been to China for a week and you've paid <laughs> yeah. for it, and yeah. what's not to like about it? Enjoy yeah. it. Immerse yourself in the culture, and you know, you never know when it's going to come up again. That's no. what I always think, yeah. especially with some of the places that we'll, we'll go. Like I, I last year went to Asia, and I was in uh, over a six day span. I was in Manila, um, Ho Chi Minh, in Vietnam and Kuala Lumpur mm. um, and I was there over six days didn't see a huge amount of either of them any of them but I'll never forget the mopeds in Vietnam ever <laughs> um, almost got taken out by them uh, a number of times and but it's also some of that I'm probably I looked at it when I'm probably unlikely to holiday here like I, I hopefully it'd be nice to go back but it's not on the immediate list of mine to holiday yeah so it'd be quite it's quite nice to see that I know you've been to Moscow um, a yeah, number of times. times and you, you look at it and go it's probably not on your first first choice holiday list no. but it's somewhere that you go well now I've, I've seen that I've seen the Kremlin I'd love to see that yeah. but it's it's obviously you know you've got places that you want to go that are priorities for you or whatever yeah. um, so I think it's always nice to be able to do that and the people that you go and see especially like when I was in Asia they're just so photograph. hungry. So they photograph everything. <laughs> yeah. Everybody Fish had course, a selfie. I felt like a rock give star. Give up an hour and a half. After, take <laughs> yeah. photographs of every single Everybody. Person. But it's yeah. brilliant. It's like, yeah, like you say, it's kind of like you're, you're famous. For yeah. It's, it's pretty it's awesome. It's a nice feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure I could manage being famous. Um, no, think no. about how that is all the time. But it's... Yeah. It, I, they were so, I don't know how you found it, but they are so, so hungry to learn. Yes, the second brilliant. they got there, note-taking and video and everything. Their eyes are on you the whole session. All they're the taking time. notes and they're asking questions and, yeah, it's, they're, they're awesome. Yeah. Really Any, awesome. Anywhere still on the bucket list? Where's your next trips? Uh, this year I've got, I've got Moscow again. I've got Dubai next, which is always, that's never a hardship, that one. It's no, on no. the Palm Island. Oh, um, tough life for Paul. Yeah. 
three-day summit. So I'm looking forward to that for, one. For what? Is that Gray? That's Gray Institute, and it's the Middle East Fit Pro oh, okay. uh, Summit. So that it's is a it's five-star hotel, beach front and back side of it. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> how the hell I'm getting an invite to that is unreal. Uh, so I've got that. I've got Moscow then two weeks later than that. I've got Prague the week after that. And then I should be done. I'm going to Amsterdam next weekend as well. And that's for business or pleasure. Uh, training. I'm training to do some work with Precore Queen okay. Axe. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some American guys over doing some like European training. There's mm-hmm. one invite to go to that. So, who, so who's invited you to that? Who's sending you to that? Uh, it's Sarah Morelli, who is. Uh, the spinning certification okay. presenter instructor for the UK, Ireland, and, and Europe. Uh, uh, she owns a company called Athleticum Fitness, and she's the distributor and educator for Queen Axe Precore and all their equipment. So she asked me uh, uh, six months, nine months ago, right? Uh, and the training's coming up. Yeah, next next weekend. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned Dubai. Hmm. That how it's a massive growing area yeah. of fitness over yeah. there. It was uh, it was it's still what is it eight miles wide and yeah. four miles long. So that's in your mind it's pretty small. But when you're there, it's you know it's it feels pretty special. It's like Vegas on steroids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got you know there's fitness first with like three floors and rooftop swimming pools, thirty five full time PTs in each one. Um, you know, studios in every single street, uh, high-rise building. You know, the, the fitness is massive over there. It's really, really big, and it's just growing more and more all the time. Yeah, and with like reps UAE, it seems to be more internal growth now. Like I know before, yeah. it was much more European guys going over and girls going over and, and, and training over there. Yeah, there's quite a few education providers set up over there now. I think there's seven or eight at least. Right. Um, so yeah, they're training up guys from um, Kuwait, Dubai, Saudi Arabia. So the Middle East folks themselves are are now going through the right proper channels because before it was you could wake up one day, call yourself a personal trainer, and go and train twenty five clients a week. Wow! So it wasn't regulated at all. Yeah. So at least that part of the world now has been properly regulated. So Middle East is, if not the most upcoming place in the world, I say it's. You know, in the, the top two or three for sure. Yeah, India being another one. India definitely, and then obviously Asia as well. Just yeah. it's booming all the time. So I think those three places. If you're kind of young and getting into fitness and you want to go and try personal training around the world, I think they're three places that I would definitely have on my bucket list yeah. for sure. We've had a couple of a language barrier can often be an issue, but like Dubai especially, Dubai no problem. Yeah. yeah, we've had a number of students that have gone off to Dubai. Mm. Um, a number that have gone there, and, and whether they're doing full-time PT or football coaching or whatever, it seems to be that they, they get on really, really well. Yeah. So some of this growing for sure, which is it's great to see. I, I, I lived um, in Canada for a year while I was 21, and it's a year that I would, I would never change. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so happy I went and had a look at that sort of thing. So that's my advice to anybody, sort of, even if they're thinking about it. You can always come home. That's how I always approached yeah, everything. You may as well have knowing me. you've done it and yeah. it didn't work out rather than getting to... 45, 50 and think, oh, what if I'd have done that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not so easy with no. a mortgage and kids. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> not. so um, 
tell the guys where they can find you on social media and whatnot, because that's, that's another growing area for you. I know you're trying to dive yeah, up on that. As I, well. uh, I see it. I was a latecomer to social media. <laughs> I got on Facebook last year, uh, so I'm now 41. Uh-huh. Just be aware for anyone that's listened to this in like in the future. This is 2018, and Paul's <laughs> on social media yeah. now. So yeah, so Facebook I've been on for 18 months now. Uh, Instagram I've been on for five months, six months. Um, you got an I iPhone think, yet? You own it? You uh, iPhone, yeah. iPhone seven actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the, um, I'm not I'm not skilled in those areas at all. I'm just literally putting out random content. Well, not random, but content that's appropriate for personal trainers and gym instructors and fitness guys, but just looking at things from a beyond traditional perspective, almost traditional content, but looking at it from a, a different side or a different perspective of things. Yeah. I think one thing that social media has done is it allows people with with a real, like real content like that mm. to be seen and almost like people can dip their toe in. Yeah. You know, instead of going, right, I'm going to do a full weekend of Grey Institute content or move Institute Emotion or whatever, they can get an idea of, of what they like and if they like it, yeah. they can then, then sort of book on. I think they get a little bit of a chance to see people like you yeah. who are inspiring people to to move more or to, you know, in terms of create body function again and you know, gain, gain motion in areas where they weren't before. Mm. Instead of it being traditional, it doesn't always have to be, you know, bikinis and board shorts pictures. No. It's you know, no. it's very different, and I think it, that I think it's good that we've got people like like you doing content like that on social media. Mm. Um, so it allows people to get a bit more info. I think informal education. Yeah, well, I think well, yeah. My, my background is education, so I just want to keep <coughs> educating trainers and giving them something else to think about and look at things from a different perspective. There's only um, so many bench presses and squats you probably need to see. Yeah, yeah. And, someone's abs and what someone ate for dinner last night you know that's that's all well and good but I just want to do something a little bit different yeah, so, yeah. that's good I think we're, we're moving in that way a lot now like we're obviously with T2 we're doing some open evenings and whatnot and we're doing you know little seminars and that's one of the big focuses for next year is to get more informal I guess um education that that isn't necessarily backed up with a certificate but mm. is useful information sweets, for people yeah, yeah. Like, education like, suites yeah it's a good way to put it yeah. it's, it's a time frame that people can manage but it's also a nice information they can go away with their clients which is yeah. good and you straight away with a client yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and that i think forever this sort of in, information that you're talking about has been very much like you said before you've got you know, the bodybuilder community and the functional community and if you if you're a bodybuilder, you weren't dipping into that world because no. it's di- very different. So I think now it's, it's much more like cross pollination with that. Yeah. So being able to put it into a way, I always say sort of layman's terms, but put it in a way that people can go right. Actually, with only a couple of hours education, I get it. I understand what that means, and I can use it with even if it's just warm ups. Yeah. you know, which is great. Yeah. Um, Paul, let's wrap this up. Thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Mate, you're always welcome. You'd be um, very, yeah, you're obviously very welcome back anytime. So we looking. We talked earlier before this started about doing um, potentially some informal kind of education chats on here. I think whenever we've got topics to talk about, it's, it's nice to to sort of team up and, and do that. So sure. um, be watching out for anything coming up with Paul. Um, Instagram handle uh, Paul underscore Edmondson underscore MTA underscore GI simple then yeah it's easy I've got to do things simple <laughs>
<laughs> so, so rewind that and play it again so you make sure you follow Paul. You'll get it on the fourth time. Absolutely. <laughs>